Are you wanting to start a side hustle, but maybe you're just not sure how best to manage your time and the rigors of your day job? You know, entrepreneurship is difficult and it might seem like there isn't enough time in the day to build your dream while working the day job. If you're somebody listening today and you're longing to make your life's work and dream a reality, today's episode is going to offer you a roadmap that will give you confidence to stop dreaming and start on your journey to success. This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Todd Connor is the CEO and founder of Bunker Labs, a network of accelerators for entrepreneurial veterans. Bunker Labs provides working space, education, mentors, and funding to startups led by veterans. Bunker Labs has helped businesses raise a combined millions of dollars since launching in 2014. A veteran himself, Todd has served as lieutenant in the U.S. Navy for four years and has held roles in the public and private sectors. He also is the author of the book, Third Shift Entrepreneur, that offers the guidance you need to join the ranks of thriving entrepreneurs. Todd Connor, welcome to the show. Jeff, thanks so much for having me, buddy. Good, good to see you and, uh, and great to be with your audience here. Yeah, you know, uh, when I had a chance to meet you, it was through a mutual friend of ours. And uh, I got to learn a little bit more about Bunker Labs, uh, which obviously being a veteran myself, uh, I love what you all are doing uh, in the veteran space. And I had a chance to go to a recent ribbon cutting right here in my city of Pittsburgh to not only learn more about the culture of your organization, but also meet some local veterans that are going to benefit greatly from that. And so I love everything that you're doing at Bunker Labs, but you know that's not necessarily why uh, I wanted you on the show. You are you are the author of a book that has uh, significantly piqued my interest, which is The Third Shift Entrepreneur. And I, we briefly talked about this, but in December of 2019, I transitioned from a 23-year career in corporate America. And to say that it was stressful would be an understatement. But I can tell you that since that transition, I've had countless people ask about the transition. And when I started hearing your story and learning about not only what you're doing in, for veterans as they transition and think about what that looks like, but the premise of your book, when I started hearing about it, I'm like, man, where was this book two years ago when I started thinking about this transition and you know, the fulfillment I was looking for uh, in my life's work? And there are many people out there, uh, no question about it, that they have this desire to be an entrepreneur, but they're just not, they're not sure really where to begin. And too often I find that people hold the dream of starting their own business and, and pursuing their destiny. Destiny. They kind of hold off on pursuing that because of fear and they're, they're overcome by the what ifs, but the practical reality is they cannot sometimes even afford to make a financial investment like that. And there's a lot of risk that comes with that. And your book, reveals a path it reveals a path to get past all of that fear and what ifs and 
financial concerns and all of this stuff. And it's one that allows people to fulfill that entrepreneurial potential while also maintaining financial stability. So, I, you know, just to get started in the discussion, what was the motivation of the book? What made you put pen to paper and say, this is an area that I want to serve people and help people get there? Hmm. Jeff, you nailed it. I mean, you know, it really, for me, it's a, I'm in the business of hopefully helping people resolve uh, what is really an emotional condition more than anything of feeling like they're, they're unfulfilled, their best years are behind them, and that they aren't living into their, their true and intended purpose for the fleeting moment that we occupy, you know, this, this earth, this spinning rock. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me is a travesty if people don't feel like they can live into their full potential. And for so many people living into their full potential is pursuing something that they want to create. Um, and the language here is important because it's loaded. You know, we talk about entrepreneurship, the word entrepreneur or entrepreneurship, um, is something that I never really even associated with myself. Um, it's an intimidating word. It's a French word. <laughs> it's a long word. It's hard to spell word. Everybody says um, it's a sexy word, you know, but it, um, it, so it means a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, but what we're talking about, so, so if we can just set that word aside for a second, what we're talking about is, you know, us being humans, having an aspiration for our lives, having a vision for something that we think would be cool or is needed or a problem that we can't stop thinking about or a vision of something that we want to build that we can't stop thinking about. And, and the barriers that, that are self-imposed in many instances around our ability to go do that thing. Um, the barriers are either self-imposed or we don't have role models or a clear understanding of how do, we, how do, how do people like us in lives like ours, right? So I'm saying this to whoever's listening. How does a person yeah. like me with a life like mine do something like that? And absent role models or absent, um, I think, simple strategies, you know, we're left thinking that becoming an entrepreneur looks like Shark Tank yeah, right. or it looks like Mark Zuckerberg. And <laughs> most of us can't relate to being a, a Harvard dropout. And so... So I have a real passion, and this comes from working with the military community, military veterans, who, by the way, are not short on talent or ambition or ideas. Right. They have an abundance of all of it. But, and also, by the way, good management skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that stuff is fundamental to, to being a business owner. You got to you know, get up, work hard, be smart, stay focused. Um, so that's not the gap. What is the gap? The gap is, is understanding a couple things. Number one, how do you do this if you have financial realities? Like I can't afford to put thousands of dollars into a business. Right. Number two, how do I do this if I, don't, if, I, if, I, if I don't have role models that feel relatable to me? And so I've had this, uh, this thought process for a long time and I've started businesses without having to uh, quit jobs, frankly. I, I've started businesses without having to invest thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And it, it, what I've observed in my own life, and then I was beginning to observe this amongst the hundreds of entrepreneurs that we support in the military community. And I begin to say to myself, you know, there's a real methodology here. There, there's a lot of people who are out there starting things and they're almost keeping as like a dirty hidden secret. The right. fact that they still have a job or the fact that they are finding scrappy and creative ways to have to do this stuff. And it turns out that like far from that being needing to be a secret that actually needs to be taught as the playbook. 
Sure. And so we've taken those ideas, we've put them into the, the book of Third Shift Entrepreneur, we've built a Third Shift Entrepreneur canvas, and we've really tried to codify, you know, hey, here's the path and the process by which people with, with regular lives, kids, financial obligations, a mortgage, uh, rent payments can actually go and start things. Yeah. And, and it's in the act of starting things that you begin to sort of build a business and the business and the business model and that stuff, it actually comes later. We don't have to worry about that stuff yet. It's about how we get started. Um, and if we can get that figured out, then, you know, we're on the path. Yeah. You know, a lot, you said a lot in there because I mean, that was my journey not too long ago. And I'm thinking to myself, how do I go to a complete dead stop and try to build a business? You know, you have the, the financial pressures. And for me, I mean, it was like, I, I couldn't have done it at a worse time. I have a, you know, a soon to be freshman in college and a sophomore in high school at the time. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm thinking about credit and I'm thinking about how am I going to get my income back and all of these different things. And this was early when the idea started being birthed in my mind. And it was one of those moments where I was like, this is a crazy idea. This is never going to work. And, you know, you hear the stories of people saying, sometimes you just got to take the big leap. But, you know, a lot of the things that you're saying, I started processing. And I think oftentimes what holds people back from their dream is this perfectionist mindset. To your point, like, I have to have a marketing plan, a business plan, a, a business strategy, angel investors, like all of this crazy stuff. My, my model was very simple. And it started with a desire of fulfillment in my own life to start a podcast. And then the market started speaking to me and I started taking baby steps. Uh, but I, I have to tell you, I had a very demanding day job that I couldn't let, let, you know, let go. I couldn't lose sight of that. Not to mention, I had tremendous gratitude for the company I was working with and I didn't want to you know, cheat them out of time. And so I had to push into the, the late nights sometimes and you know, thinking through those things. But you know, I read a really interesting statistic that I'd love to get your feedback on on, on this subject. And it was that 53% uh, of people are unhappy at work and they want more. Mm -hmm. And that's where that fulfillment or desire or whatever comes in. Do you find that this is a common response of why so many people want to drive towards that startup that, you know, starting their own business, doing their own thing? Is that what you're seeing as well? What is the motivation you're seeing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that. I think it's, it's we're unfulfilled um, we don't have passion for the work that we're doing. Maybe, maybe we have passion for the work, but we think we have an unhealthy culture that we're in. Um, and we, we have an aspiration to sort of show up, be in a healthy culture, do work that we're passionate about and do work that we're good at, you know, and that it's interesting because that sounds sort of aspirational, but you know, it, it really shouldn't be, or maybe it sounds, it, maybe it lacks aspiration, but it's amazing how, how rare that seems to be where you get to, show up, be passionate, do, do the work in a healthy team environment, uh, and then do your best work that you're uniquely talented and gifted at doing. Um, so it shouldn't be that aspirational, but sadly, I think it is. What's interesting is, um, you know, I'll say a couple of things. One is part of why people don't start is because they confuse starting with quitting. Mm. They think taking the leap, when you ask someone like, I want to take the leap, implicit in that, in that question or that statement is, I'm going to quit my job. Right. And taking the leap is not quitting. Taking the leap is starting. That's a great mindset. And a lot of people confuse 
starting with quitting. Hey, good news. I just quit my job. And I'm like, quitting's the easy part. Like, when are you going to start? And by the way, why'd you quit before you start? Yeah. And by the way, why don't you start and not quit? You know? And so what do we give up in that? Right. Becomes the question. Well, number one is like, we got to think about it differently. So someone says, look, I've got this passion. I've always wanted to be, this is a conversation I had last week. Someone that works in marketing, you know, look, I've got this burning desire. I've always wanted to be a chef. Um, you know, I'm just trying to figure out when, when to take the leap. And I was like, how about you take the leap tonight? <laughs> He's like, well, I can't afford to quit my job. I said, who said quit your job? You, you said you wanted to be a chef. So tonight go on Facebook and announce to the world that you're available for private hire catering. You know, Hey, Hey everyone, I'm a chef. Hire me for your next dinner party mm -hmm. or Hey everyone. Um, I'm going to be doing a cooking demonstration on, you know, Facebook live Friday night at 7 PM. Um, join me. Like those are the acts of starting none of which threaten our day job. But what's sure. interesting about that, it, that requires two things. Number one, uh, a little bit of time. Okay, fine. So you're, so instead of at seven o'clock, you doing whatever you would have been doing, you're making a Facebook page, post. Okay. No, time is number one. Number two is reputation. So the, it's the reputational risk of, hey, I'm going public with like, look, I'm here to be a chef. And that feels scary. And that feels vulnerable. That's the act of starting. Um, it's when we feel reputationally bound, like as you're doing this podcast, right? The first time you get out and you're, you're public with the thing, it feels like, oh, yeah. What's the reaction going to be? And you feel kind of exposed and, you know, naked, reputationally naked in the process. Yeah. But, and so that's, but that's what we're giving up is this willingness to sort of lean in to that vulnerability. Um, but I said to her, I'm like, if you want to be a chef, you can be a chef tonight. And, and the, the point at which you should quit your job is not, um, it doesn't need to be tomorrow. It's the point at which there is so much coming at you because of, what you're doing on Facebook and because of the dinner parties that you've been catering, where at some point you say to yourself, it, it no longer feels responsible financially, you know, or reputationally, however you want to frame it. It no longer feels responsible to stay in this job. There's too much opportunity that I will begin to, you know, I see in front of me and I'm going to lose if I don't go in full time. And that's the point at which you make the switch, you know? So, um, and that's, that kind of an opportunity is available to so many of us for sure. so many things that we, we can't, you know, we can, in fact, be starting today if we want. You know, the other thing that, as you're saying that, that I think that that strategy allows for is it allows you to test the market. Because oh, yeah. uh, I tell people all the time, just because you're great at making fishing lures doesn't mean you should start a business. <laughs> um, you know, what's the competition look like? Um, are, are you qualified, you know, as a business person, you know, there's all of these things to test the market and mine, I mean, my journey, it just kind of started evolving and you took one step out of something I desired. And so I started a, a leadership podcast and the market spoke and I, I became new and noteworthy by Apple iTunes. And I'm like, wow, people are actually listening to what I'm saying. And then the next thing happened was I started getting uh, the side hustle, if you will, I started getting requests for going and doing leadership group breakouts that I would only do on Saturdays outside of my day job. And so the market started to speak to me. And then I started to figure out like, what is it that I'm not good at that I need to get this business off the ground, like copywriting, 
you know, I can barely spell. Like I need somebody, you know, to help me put words together in social media. I didn't know what a hashtag was and, you know, all of these different things. And, and that side hustle type mentality really allowed me to navigate it without all the pressure of, I got to pay a mortgage. I got to have a car payment. I got to get my kids through school, all of this. And, you know, that, that coin term side hustle, talk about sexy, trendy terms. Like that's about as sexy and trendy as they get it. What's your side hustle? Everybody thinks they have to have one, but in all essence, is that what you're saying? Like start with a side hustle. You don't have to just, you know, go from zero to 60. And what are the benefits of doing it that way? Yeah. Well, I love your story, Jeff, because I think it's typical of so many people. And I, and, um, and again, it's almost like we talk about this stuff as if it's sort of like, you know, not normal or like, well, I did it kind of differently, but that actually turns out to be the alchemy of how this stuff happens. And so you sharing your story is exactly how it, I think, ought to go. You know, sure. I, we talk about um, building the plane while flying. You have to build the plane while flying because the alternative is let me build the perfect plane on the ground and then later on find out if it flies. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, the right way to do it is like, hey, we're taking off. Yeah. Okay. And then as we do that, we come to find out, um, hey, you know what? Like I'm doing a podcast. Hey, it turns out like I need better lighting or, oh, I don't, I didn't realize that, you know, there's this sort of element of it that I didn't understand before, uh, or this part was easy, but this part was harder. Or, you know, I thought it was going to be an hour, but everyone tunes out after 10 minutes. And so now yeah. I'm going to make it 10 minutes, you know, but so that's the intent. Like we have to sort of build a version put it into the real world and then allow for that kind of iterative reaction to come back to us. And we get to answer really critical questions along the way, including number one, am I good at this? Like, does the world actually want what I'm putting down? Mm-hmm. That's an right. important question, but we don't know unless we put it down. But, but if the world's not picking it up, then like that's data and we need to react to that. The second thing is, do I even like doing this? You know, um, let's go back to the chef, you know, maybe look, you know, best case scenario, she goes on Facebook and gets tons of demand. And all of a sudden she goes, you know, I, I did my fifth dinner party of the week and it turns out I don't like cooking that much. You know, I thought I loved cooking, but I, but that's only because I was doing it every two weeks and I was doing it for myself. It's not actually fun cooking for people that have critique around, you know, medium well versus rare you know, versus, you know, well done. Um, we don't know. But we get to find out, do it, does the world want what I'm, what I'm offering? Number two, do I like doing it? Uh, and then number three, we get to discover, and this is important, we get to discover the business model, right? That lives behind no it. And so um, that's, you know, we got to lead with the passion and the, and the problem that we're trying to solve, like having a point of view on leadership and saying, look, I think, you know, I, I think that I have a point of view on leadership that isn't being expressed. I want to come forward and express it. And then the market gets to tell us, hey, we like that, but we're interested in this. And yeah. we get to be like, okay, cool. You know, so that's, this sort of dance that happens where we get to, you can call it product market fit sure. um, or founder fit for the product. Cause just cause you have a passion for it doesn't mean you're the person for it. Um, but that's, all, that's what we got. We have to create the playground yeah. where we get to kind of, you know, find that, figure that out. And, and, sure. um, and the, the alternative is, and this is, I think the mental model that most people have, which is flawed. Let me go in my basement, build this whole thing, make it perfect in my mind and then come out with like the grand reveal, like, aha, <laughs> I did it. it. Yeah. And, and usually what happens at that point is like, no, one, no one's even paying attention. 
Sure. But that's what we miss. And I've seen so many entrepreneurs fall in that trap of like, I built this perfect thing. And then I came out and no one reacted or people were like, Hey, that was cool. But if you'd just done it this way, I would have bought it. Man, and that's, that that's the trap that we fall in. That's so good, Todd, because I, you know, what was funny, I was actually at the bunker labs ribbon cutting in Pittsburgh and I, I ran into somebody with great network and they asked me for a business card. I didn't have one. And I thought to myself, I haven't even printed business cards, but you know what? I was kind of excited about that because that's kind of the adverse of what we're talking about. There's so many people and, and by, by no means am I saying I'm like a successful model yet. I'm not even a year into this thing, but I have a lot of people asking questions about what was that transition like? What led, what led you to that path? And you, everything was so good where you were. Why would you do that? And all this other stuff. But when people come to me, that's the kind of questions they typically open up with is, what do you think of my logo? Uh, what do you think of my business card? Uh, what do you think about, and I'm thinking to myself, that's the farthest thing from what's important. Like, what's the market? Just start the podcast. You know, what you were saying was spot on. You know, when I first started, I was doing one hour long podcast thinking I'm really giving like great content here and adding a lot of value to find out people weren't listening. It was too much. And so making tweaks along the way, and if I had to summarize, you know, maybe what we're saying here, it's tough to steer a parked car. Like yeah. just start driving a little bit and the conditions will tell you. And in my case, you know, we talked about the 53% of people were unhappy. That wasn't my story. Matter of fact, it was the complete opposite. I love the company I was with. I was thriving in the company. I had runway left. I, I mean, matter of fact, I almost feel, felt guilty because I wanted to go start my own business. I had so much gratitude for this organization, but mm -hmm. I think your work defines who you are, represents what you're going to contribute to the world. Mm -hmm. and, and it matters deeply to me. And that was my motivation for, for doing it. I mean, when I left, people were like, Jeff, you are insane. Like, I can't believe you worked 23 years to get from a truck driver entry level to where you're at and you're going to throw it all away. But to your point, I wasn't thinking as much about quitting as I was starting. And, and man, I think that is a profound statement because we think so much uh, in making the quote unquote leap that we, we get crippled by quitting versus what could be. There's risks in not quitting too. There's risks in not seeing your potential. And when I really sat down and Ben Franklin closed this thing, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be 80 years old and wonder what kind of impact I can have made on the world. And that's why I'm here. Mm. And so I think people have to be really true to that. And I'm not saying finances aren't important. They absolutely are. You have to be smart. But Todd, I think your model represents perfectly what people should be doing. It doesn't have to be this or that. It can be this and that. Yeah, this and that. Yeah, I think that's so right. And I, I, um, and I think taking the long view of our lives is important. Having this view of experimentation is important. Believing that our careers are not linear. It's not a set of, you know, like experiences that bookend, but it's, it's actually, I talk about parallel paths. So it's like build the portfolio. It's like, here's my career nine to five. Let's bring this thing alongside. Yeah. Let's bring this thing alongside. Okay, this one I'm not so interested in anymore, you know, but it's sort of like cultivating sort of a set of experiments at any given time. And I think 
I haven't thought of it this way until I got into the book and, and started thinking deeper about how does stuff come to life. But that's, that's always what I've done, you know, and I've, at any given time, I got three or four things that are, are percolating, right? Most of which are never going to matriculate and that's sure. okay. And sometimes it percolates just in the form of like a conversation where I say to somebody, you know, I've been thinking about this idea, you know, how does that, you know, what are you thinking about? So sometimes it's just conversational. Yeah. And then you find like in three days, you know, it comes and goes, you're just sort of no longer interested, but then certain things stick or sometimes you leave with a conversation and someone says, you know, that's really interesting. And you got to talk to this woman because she's actually doing something about it. And then sort of ideas link up and, and then there's momentum and there's traction. So it sounds kind of mystical, but it's not. And, um, and, it, and it's a repeatable process when we practice it and understand that this is kind of how the world works. And I think, you know, to your point about uh, career fulfillment, I don't think it's, um, I don't, the, the folks that I work with, that we work with, um, and really a lot of the third shift entrepreneurs, um, these are folks that are not miserable. Um, they are sort of stuck in a state of satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, sure. the, it's the state of satis- uh, um, state of being satisfied that is potentially the most dangerous. It's not broke. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and again, the, the proposition doesn't have to be quit and do something radical. It can be, you're, it's not broken, but is it, is it fulfilling? Right. And it's that gap between satisfied and safe um, and life sort of fully expressed. And, uh, and I think we can get there. We can get to that life fully expressed um, through the things that we do in our third shift, you know, the nooks and crannies of our day on our lunch break at night. Um, and some of the, a lot of this actually can happen from within the place that we're at. You know, it's, it's so interesting how a lot of people will sort of have an aspiration of doing something um, in the field that they're already in, which is a good place to start. You know, if you're, if you're in, uh, you know, you work in human resources for a company and you're interested in, in leadership development, well, that's a natural thing that fits within what you're currently doing. And they say, you know, if it's a real passion for wanting to sort of help leaders grow more through like an experimental sort of uh, process that integrates meditation and these other things. And they'll keep it quiet as a side experiment away from the company. And I'll say, well, why don't you offer that to the company? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're in a position to actually do something about it. Like, why have you talked to your, your boss about it? Yeah. And they're like, well, I don't want to talk to my boss because they'll think I'm starting a business. No, they won't. Like, right. they'll be excited that you have a vision about how to do something that's really cool and different. And so build it from where you're at. I mean, take I it to that. work. It doesn't have to live as a, as a secret, you know? And I so, and then the final thing is, you know, you, you led with the point about, you know, business cards. What's the right time to get a business card? After you've been asked for a business card the 10th time, then you think, okay, maybe I need a business card, yeah. you know? And that's true for people um, when they start a business, they go out and I, I was talking to somebody and they were so excited. They're like, you know, good news. I got an accountant. I got, you know, IP protection. I got a website. I got business cards. I got a logo. I got this. And I was like, all you've done is spend money. Exactly. That's not yeah. a business. Right. Anybody can just spend money. Sure. Uh, I'll be excited when you say 10 people have asked me for my logo. 10 people have asked me for my business card. 10 people have asked me for my financial model. And only then do you need to actually go spend that money. You know, all that stuff is anybody can spend money. Anybody can quit. That's not starting a business. Yeah. Um, that's just spending money and quitting. Yeah, hold off on the car wrap, right? <laughs> yeah, just wait, wait. When people need it, they'll, they'll, they'll start asking for it. And um, let that stuff be pulled. You know, that's like you wait for the market to sort of tell you. 
it needs it. Um, and that's where I think we've gotten business formation really wrong. You, the I, only thing that you need to start a business is a customer. Yeah. So everything yeah. up until that point doesn't matter. And the market usually tells you that. I love that. Yeah, and again, like I'd mentioned, Todd, there, I, I've had the question more in the last four months than I have had my entire life about startup and what should I do and what's your advice and all this. And I kind of tell people, hey, I'm still figuring out myself, but here's some things that I did. Now, you've been working in this space for a while, specifically helping veterans transition to become entrepreneurs, veteran spouses to become entrepreneurs the person that's listening, that's like, man, these guys are talking to me today. What's the biggest reasons that uh, startups succeed and the biggest reasons why they fail? Yeah. Well, I think um, it's a good question. I think the reason that they succeed and the reason they fail is the same reason for why they don't start in a lot of cases, or they start in the wrong way, which is, and again, I'm going to go back to this. They, um, they create a grand plan in their heads or somewhere before they bring other people into the process. Hmm. So if we don't build an environment of controlled experimentation, then we're going to build something that people potentially don't want. So in other words, let's go back to the chef. Mm -hmm. You can't fail if you don't launch a business that no one wants. I mean, it's like, it's just kind of yeah. that simple. It's like, right. you know, it's like if, if, if launching the business is the last step of a set of activities that validate people want this, then like, then you're kind of fail proofing the business to start right. itself. Yeah. It, it can definitely succeed or fail if you go build something in your basement and then, and spend a bunch of money and then come out one day and say, I've got this thing. I mean, that is a, that is a win-lose scenario where it's like, sure. maybe it works, you know, and then you get a lot, you get a bunch of customers and, or maybe it fails, but that sets you up for a, a win-lose scenario. Right. Most scenarios are, I'm going to offer something. I don't spend money to do it. I'm the chef. I go out, a bunch of people want my sort of catering services and actually launching the business is the lagging indicator of all the demand signals I've already received. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like if you're doing professional services and you want to be a leadership uh, coach, an executive coach, you go out, you have the podcast, you do things for free, you're on LinkedIn, you offer perspective, people start coming to you, hey, could you help me? Right. <clears throat> yep, I can help you. Um, you get three or four clients and then people are paying you. Like you've got a business. Right. Forget logos, forget websites, forget you've got a business, people are paying you. And then you come out and say, hey, by the way, this is, this is my business. Well, it's not, it's already a big success, you know? And so, That's good. so I think when we, when we unwind the process a little bit and say, look, we're, we're doing things that, and by the way, if people don't hire you to be an executive coach, then like you never really launched the thing. Yeah. No right? loss. So it, it's no loss. It's like, yeah, I went out and I had a podcast for a year and I learned some things about myself, yeah. learned some things about what people want. Now, yeah. now I'm doing something different. Man, now you are my story. Like, this is so good. Like, I might be the, your number one fan on this episode launch because that was really, that was it. Like I launched the podcast, not with a business in mind. I launched the podcast with a desire and that gets back to that fulfillment and you want your work to define who you are. And then I would like, I set up a website for the podcast so that I could engage with people. 
and boom, I would get a message like, Hey, do you ever do public speaking? I was like, yeah, like, no, but yeah, like yeah. that would be exciting. And do you do coaching? Yeah. I had clients before I had a business, if you will. Uh, but th I think that catapults into a question that I get a lot. I love your perspective is when do I make the switch? When do I go all in, if you will, and go from third shift to first shift? When yeah. is, what is that sweet spot or is there an answer to that? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, um, I don't know, you could answer it a couple of different ways. One is you could put numbers down, financial metrics. You could say, look, when the business is generating X, that's what I need to live. And that's a place of financial safety where we can go. And by the way, that number can be bigger than what you're making today. You could say, look, when I'm, at, when I'm actually making in my side hustle, as much as I'm making in my day job, like that's when I'm going to go. Or sometimes it's, um, I was talking to somebody that's thinking of uh, starting their own land, landscape architecture business, right? So these are people that come in and look at your yard and design, you know, landscapes um, and they work for somebody else. And uh, currently they work for another firm, but sometimes that firm has small projects that they're, they aren't interested in. So, you know, as he goes and builds relationships with cl potential clients that the, his, his current employer says we're not interested in working with, he can go to them and say, you know, by the way, if you need something small, I can help you with that. Right. And, and so maybe it's just that first commitment, like, yeah, we will hire you. And so you say, okay, good. I got a client that's going to pay for my first six months. Mm -hmm. That's the runway I need. Yeah. Um, so I think it's answered in terms of when you have clients and some financial commitments that indicates that this is on a path. It's true if you're launching a nonprofit. I'll talk to a lot of people that are starting nonprofits. And I say, well, it's maybe the first major donor that comes in and says, yeah, we'll sponsor this for, you know, $50,000. And that's what you need to get moving. So I think you can answer it in terms of financial terms. And you can also answer it um, beyond financial terms in terms of maybe commitments or yeah. if the demand, if you just feel like, wow, this, we hit, we got lightning in a bottle on this one. You know, yeah. people are just, woof, like there's a deluge, there's an inbound desire. Um, that might be an indicator for you that it's time to go full in as well. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, you know, Bill Gates, when he, uh, I'm going to get some of the details in this wrong, but when he launched Microsoft, I mean, he had a day job and was continuing in that right. day job while he was launching that business. And there's a lot of famous sort of technology executives that are, you know, keep their jobs even while they go and yeah. build, you know, their next business from the side. And so there's a path for this. There's a precedent for this. And I think it's, it's available to, uh, more so than people I think realize. I agree. I mean, uh, you don't have to be a renegade uh, to go start a business. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Like we talked about being all in or all out. You know, I think there's, there is absolute perspective and we opened the conversation in, in the, you know, in my introduction about fear, uh, the people that aren't wanting. And, and I guess, let me step back even a step further and say, this isn't for everybody. Uh, you know, you don't want to start a business uh, so that you have a cool story at cocktail hour. Mm -hmm. Like you, there has to be indicators. We talked about market demand, things like that. But I, I really want to challenge people that this is your heart. This is your desire. And you have that fear holding you back. And that was me. Uh, oh my gosh, what would we ever do? How would I ever get back there? One thing I would tell people that if you're in that boat that I did, that I'm so glad that I did, um, I did a video to myself. And this was advice I had from somebody. They said, do a video and of why you want to do this. 
because at about month two or three, you're going to second guess it. Uh, and you're going to, you're going to wish that you didn't do this and you're going to wish that you had your old job back. That's when I want you to play this video. And boy, was this guy, right? I watched that video when I was in the right state of mind and I'm like, I got to keep moving. I, I got to make this happen. I got to prospect more. I got to pick the phone up. I got to get more revenue because this mattered to me. I reminded myself why it mattered. So I would, I would recommend that to anybody. The other thing is get cheerleaders around you because although we're talking about the rewards of this, it is a challenge. And so I think you need people around you that say, you can do this. You're built for this. Uh, here's why this makes sense. And people would ask me, even at the company that I was at, like, Hanch, if you do this and it doesn't work, wow, what are you going to do? I'm a guy, Todd, that I boil things down to the ridiculous. I need safety net after safety net. And here was my grandiose exit strategy if this didn't work. You ready for it? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go get a job. Yeah. Like, that was it. And you know, since I left that company, I've had more job offers than I've had in the last 10 years. Because it's like, people know I'm not there anymore. I'm on the market. And, and now that even built my confidence. But look, worst case scenario, like nobody's going to start. Just yeah. go get a job in whatever it was that you were doing. People, you know, for the most part are hiring and you'll figure it out. But don't let fear cripple you from the start as well, right? Yeah, I think it's so important. I think there's two things that can help uh, with fear. One is if this is about, and you said this, if this is about an identity status that we're seeking, like I want to be an entrepreneur, that's the wrong starting point. Sure. Because that's your ego. And then that actually is paralyzing because you're like, well, I'm only doing this because I want public accolades. Well, that's setting yourself up for failure because there's, you may not get it. If your starting point is I'm passionate about solving this problem, then, then it's honorable and it's easy. Cause you get up every morning. You're like, look, it's not about the validation. Like I'm, I'm committed to solving this problem. Uh, I'm committed to having a different leadership conversation. I'm committed to making sure that people have, you know, a better option for healthy eating when they throw private dinner parties, you know, I'm committed yeah. to, so staying focused on the content of the thing is a better frame. So don't, so the self-talk of like, I'm going to be a successful entrepreneur is not helpful. The self-talk of every morning getting up being like, here's my purpose. You know, here's who, I'm, who, here's who I'm here to serve and here's why. And it doesn't have to be like hugely important. It doesn't have to be, you know, but it can be as simple as, look, you're a graphic artist and you just have a view that, you know, small business owners deserve great branding, sure. you know, and that's a mission that you're here to serve. Um, so staying focused on the mission of the thing and the problem you're trying to solve or the opportunity that you see that you can create gives you more fuel than uh, just sort of the place that you're trying to create for yourself in the world. You know, well, that's number one. I think the second thing is, um, you know, is, is realizing that, again, even if it doesn't work, and this is a really interesting thing to think about, our, our brains are wired to be binary. So we think in terms of two outcomes, there's going to be success, there's going to be failure. Mm -hmm. Right. The reality is there's a hundred good outcomes that are in between. And you don't know what those outcomes are until you start. You can't know what those outcomes are until you start. I ran for office 10 years ago, maybe even longer than that, maybe 11. And uh, I lost. And here's what's interesting about an election is really interesting because there is a win and a lose. There's a yeah, day, right. an election day. It's a very stark exercise. Some entrepreneurs tell themselves that their business failed, but they never really launched it. 
or some entrepreneurs tell themselves that their business worked, but it never really did. So we have liberty with the narrative. You don't have liberty with the narrative when you run for office and you lose. Black and white. But what happens is if you lean into whatever it is you're trying to do and you do it with real integrity and sincerity, the world, this sounds kind of cosmic, but the world notices. It's almost like you're, you're putting yourself out there with a job application. And if it's done well and it's done right, people are going to come to you with like requests for things. So even though I lost that election, I was amazed at all the opportunities that came afterwards that I couldn't have had, had I not run, you know? And so know that there are good things on the other side of this, even if they're not the things that you expect, there's probably job. I've seen so many entrepreneurs that start something. It gets a little bit of traction. Maybe they leave the job that they were at the third shift entrepreneur way. Yeah. And then they're out there kind of building a business and then they get some amazing opportunity for a job that they would never have gotten had they not gone and started something because companies are like, we want initiative. We need visionaries. You know, Jeff has gone out there and he's built this brand. He's got a following like, yeah, we've got our internal candidates, but like, wow, Jeff's way more exciting because he's actually figured out how to, how to build a platform. Sure. And so we're creating for ourselves. I always say to people, you know, doing is the new resume. Who cares about like the word HR? You know, it's like, well, I've got this credential and this degree and this thing. Okay, that's great. But she's doing it today. Like I saw her last night and she yeah. had a thousand people tuning in. Sure. So doing is the new resume. And, I, I, you know, when you pursue whatever it is you want to pursue and you do it in earnest, um, you're, there's going to be good things on the other side of it, even if you can't possibly know what they are right now. And that's the, the limits of our binary thinking don't allow for that. But it's helpful. Here's another tip. Before you start something, stop and actually brainstorm. Here's the 10 things that could happen that are all positive that I wouldn't expect. Here are good but unexpected things that could happen. And just help create that little kind of visionary possibility for yourself. And then it gives a lot of confidence as you kind of push forward that that good things are going to come from this. So well said. I think that was the tipping point for me, Todd, was, you know, the, if I move forward and this thing fails, and that's where typically people usually get the knockout punch. Mm-hmm. I shifted that mindset to what if I don't do this and it was going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's where my mind went. And that's when I was like, I just couldn't take it anymore. Like I couldn't take thinking about regret or the what if, or, and I told people when I made the leap, I don't know what's going to happen. But I know this, I'm never going to wonder. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm out there. So tremendous conversation. And I, you know, this is going to help a lot of people find that perspective. But don't let the conversation end here, listener. There's resources out there. Todd, tell them a little bit about how they can connect with you, your team, the book launch, everything that you're doing to get these resources into the hand of the listener. Yeah. Yeah. So go to thirdshiftentrepreneur.com and there you can sign up for our newsletter. Um, We've got podcasts, we've got videos, video interviews. I do a weekly LinkedIn live segment at 4 p.m. Central. Um, So you can find me on LinkedIn, Todd Connor. Uh, And then for the military community, uh, if you're part of the military community, go to bunkerlabs.org and join one of our local chapters in 30 plus cities, including Pittsburgh. Um, and then get involved. I mean, down the road, we're going to have uh, workshops and, and some in-person experiences as well. Um, but, uh, but don't let that stop you. Go to thirdshiftentrepreneur.com. The book is available for sale, pre-sales. Uh, it goes live, I think, September 29th. But uh, 
Yeah, get the book and then, then let's have a conversation. I'd love to hear stories of people that are starting things and, uh, and help elevate your story and then share it with others and let them know that there's a path. Absolutely. And I'm very involved in the veteran community here in Pittsburgh. And if you're in my network locally, you want more information on Bunker Labs, shoot me an email, jeffhanshrithechampionforum.com. Todd's contact information, a link to his website will be in the show notes. Make sure that you get them at thechampionforum.com forward slash show notes. The founder of Bunker Labs, the author of a book that you all need to get your hands on that is absolutely going to help you with this, with this leap, the third shift entrepreneur. Todd, thanks for being with us. Listener, make sure you check out the show notes. Go to Todd's website. We're always here to support you in any way. Pursue your dreams. Never let perfection cripple your state of readiness. Pursue them. Be wise about doing that. And if you got nothing out of today's show, never forget this. You all have been set up to be champions in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. 